Hello, I'm Anne Belowther and welcome to another episode of Fashion Avenue. It's been a wonderful two years podcasting and it's definitely not over yet because I'm still loving talking to all of my guests and exploring everything that the fashion and beauty industry has for us. Today, I'm chatting to Jeremy Most, co-founder of biological beauty brand Grown Alchemist. The Melbourne-based brand is at the forefront of progress across medicine, genetics, psychology and more, offering a scientific approach to beauty. Grown Alchemist is easily noticeable by their minimalistic packaging and their trademark skincare system, Cleanse, Detox and Activate. But what does it all mean? How does it work? And where did the journey begin for Grown Alchemist? If you want to know all of this and more, then make sure you keep on listening to my chat with Jeremy. Jeremy, thank you so much for joining me on Fashion Avenue. How are you going? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. I thought I would jump straight in and I want to know, so prior to launching Grown Alchemist, what were you doing? Um, We had a consultancy. Uh, My brother and I started actually uh, a consultancy in the late 90s, which gives you an indication of how old I am. Um, (laughs) It was actually a a bizarre setup. Um, We'd done things when we were kids together, like little projects and things that we thought would be uh, fun to do. And we kind of, it kind of worked. We enjoyed doing them. And then we went away and we did very separate degrees and he was doing things in product development and all sorts of other things. And, uh, and I did mine in business. And we kind of just, as you do, get into working for different companies. And I ended up in London working for a company and he wow. was in, still in New Zealand. And it happened that I got on a project that I needed his help on. So he did some work for me out of New Zealand for this London project. Went really well. And one of the things he said to me is, Jeremy, if you if we do this together and I do this for you and it goes successfully, you have to jump on a plane and come skiing with me. <laughs> and, 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 and it's not an option, right? And I said, well, if it goes really well and you do a great job and blah, 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 let's do it. So we finished the project and he said, right, we're going skiing. By the end of the ski trip, he had convinced me to leave my job and yeah. start a business with him. Oh, my God. Wow. <laughs> I know. What a ski trip. I know. It was, it, I did not expect it. And I was kind of like, um, my, he said to me, what do you want to do one day? And I said, I've always imagined having my own thing. And I said, look, I, I kind of, funnily enough, always thought it could be with you. And, uh, and he was like, yep. And I said, so, um, yeah. So he goes, why not now? And I said, well, you know, there's a little thing called money um, yep. that you need to start a company. And, uh, and he goes, oh, you'll never have enough money. Speaking like the wise old company owner, having only started a company like two years ago, or two years prior. <laughs> and I said, yeah, he goes, well, what? let's just say it all goes really badly and we lose everything. Well, well that's sort of nothing because we started with nothing. Yeah. So we lose everything and we end up with nothing and we lose a bit of time, right? Yeah. But at least you've given it a shot. And we didn't have any girlfriends or children or houses or anything. So it was like, well, there's not much to lose, really, other than your dignity. Um, and so, <laughs> and your self-respect and, uh, and anything else that we didn't hadn't accumulated much of that. So it didn't really matter. So we, we, we sort of just jumped in and started this consultancy called Hatch, which basically create, created products and brands for other businesses. Wow. And that kind of was the first foray into, you know, the pre-grown alchemist foray and, uh, and kind of actually by a strange cause led to grown alchemist. And how did it lead to that? There was this weird thing that happened sort of around 2000 called, um, not sure if you've ever heard of it, called the wellness movement. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> um, on, on the agenda, uh, on the radar. Um, yep. And so um, – Honestly, uh, this guy came to us and said, there's this thing called wellness, and it's hard to believe, but we had no idea what he was talking about. And um, and he said, I think it's profound, and it's a very big deal, uh, according to a number of commentators at the time. Um, and one guy was talking about it being bigger than computers, right? Wow. And um, and so he was extremely interested in, in this new space. He said, but I need to know how it relates to beauty. And we said, well, firstly, we don't know anything about wellness. We're li- we were living in Miami at the time. We'd shifted our business to Miami. Wow. And we were like, we're not living particularly well lives. And we were sort of working crazy hours and, you know, traveling a lot. Yeah. 
Yeah. And so we said, well, I'll tell you what we'll do. We will do a project on wellness. We'll present to you what we think the opportunity is. And then if you like what we present you, we will agree to do a substantial piece of work for you. Great. So he said, great. So we did it all. We were convinced. We presented back to him this whole plan, even some sample products. We were absolutely like, this is the, this is huge. This is going to be a multi-million dollar project for us. Wow. And he said, yeah, no, not interested. <laughs> and, <laughs> and we went, oh, he just doesn't quite get the concept. He needs more information. So we came back and did a whole bunch more work and went back to him and presented again. His name was Scott, Scott Semiju, and uh, and we said, Scott, what do you think of this? And he goes, uh, yeah, no. Nah. <laughs> he goes, I think it's the bleeding edge of the market, not the leading edge, and I don't want to spend all my life educating someone just to have another company come in and take all the profit. Wow. So he kind of cut us right down to the, to the core, and we were like, oh, my gosh. And then we said, well, you know what we do? We sell it to another client. And so we packaged it up, tried to sell it. No one wanted to buy it. And by then we were at about 2002 and, and, and I sat down with my brother and I said, and he said, what do you, you know, what do we do? We, we've got to stop spending money on this project. And he said, kind of tongue in cheek, oh, I think we should just do it ourselves. Mm. And I, and we were consultants at the time. So the cool thing about consultancy is you do work. <laughs> it's just your time. You get paid cash, yeah. you walk away, right? Okay. Um, and it's just the best thing ever. And, uh, and so, we, I don't know, we had this illusion that actually developing our own thing and running a whole kind of inventory would all be relatively easy, right? And we did the hardest part, but we had no idea that actually convincing a buyer to put it in their department store and running warehouses and ERP systems and all the things that you need to do as a business, uh, really their own set of skills that we didn't really have any experience in. So we kind of fell into it, agreed by 2003 to do it and spent the next three years, four years, we launched in 2008, so that's nearly five years to actually launch it completely uh, into the market. Um, wow. And uh, it just took a lot longer than we expected. And we also shifted our part of our, we shifted our business back to Australia and our team, parts of our team back to Australia, those who were interested in coming, and set up in, in Australia uh, a whole kind of, new space and that was just because family were coming back here mum and dad were on their way back from england and our sister was coming back so we were i think we were conscious we'd, we'd spoken to a few of our clients and they had said that your geographical location and supply mix is very important to production right. and that you can't change that very easily and so we're quite cognizant of the fact that once you set these things in motion you really have to proceed you can't just uproot them and decide one day oh, it's not going to be, you know, America. It's going to be Australia, and uh, it's not easy to shift that. Wow. So yeah, so we we decided that our parents weren't getting any younger, and nor were we. So we would we'd do it near them, them and and kind of um, made a big shift uh, to the whole kind of operation. Wow, that's a story. I love it. That's so interesting. <laughs> like when it's the amazing whole... what you do by accident. Right? <laughs> God, I would love to do something great by accident, but the day hasn't arrived yet. But <laughs> <laughs> well, it doesn't feel so great at the time. That's the problem. It's looking back, it looks, it looks like a well-oiled machine and a very strategic plan. But, yeah, um, yeah no. Wow. <laughs> it was and total I, I stumbling just, around in the dark. Yeah, I love just how the whole wellness movement was starting and everyone's like, what is that? You know, like, I know. go to Google, what is wellness? Well, yeah, literally it was, um, I mean, it was so bizarre. It was like when microwaves, uh, you went around, I'm sure, when microwaves <laughs> came out. But when microwaves <laughs> came out, it was like, oh, my gosh, what is this piece of technology that's sitting in the in the kitchen, right? <laughs> yeah. And it was, everybody was just freaking out about this laser beam. You know, it was like some sort of <laughs> crazy futuristic. And, and you know, it's, it's like any sort of new industry. It, it's really mystifying to begin with, yeah. and no one really gets it. And wellness was the same. It was this weird term that people were just throwing around to sort of talk about stuff. And no one really understood what it meant. People were talking about natural food. And, you know, we were like, well, isn't all food natural? I mean, that's such a weird <laughs> term. And, uh, you know, we sort of, you find out later, we're actually, there's quite a lot of stuff in our food. Um, 
<laughs> and you're like, really? This is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, what have I been eating? What have I been time? eating? <laughs> mm. And so what different skills or knowledge did you and your brother each bring to the brand? Not enough. Uh, <laughs> it was a short answer. We were hopelessly underskilled. So I guess Kesson's natural propensity is, is product development and he is, my brother Kesson is, is a, yeah, he likes to call himself an ultimist. It, since he's not on the call, I can, you know, on, on, the, on the interview, I can say that um, it's just a polite term for perfectionist and control freak. Um, so he, he kind of does this. He would go through a product development process and he would do like three rounds. And by sort of round three or four, I'm like, this is perfect. This is absolutely stunning product. Well done, you know. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, it's not quite there yet. Well, little did I know that when it came to our own products, he would be doing, I mean, we've had products that have taken three years and gone through more than 30 iterations of of formula. And so he, he has this sort of drive to keep going and keep always the possibility to improve, always the possibility to adjust something that could be better. And that is, you know, I'm glad he's got it because I sort of really lock it down after three, right? Yeah. And and I'm quite happy at three. Now, I'm always glad when I try the product compared to the third version and the 23rd version. It's <laughs> significantly different and much better. But the journey to get there is it's, it can be exhausting and you really either have to, you really have that or you don't, right? Yeah. And he, he, so he, he does bring that. And as a by, as sort of a side thing to that, he always had, and I think we've always had this very strong a sort of desire to create something that is beautiful. Yeah. And has a strong design aesthetic. Always been interested just as a sort of a, a side note in design. And, you know, loved looking at designs through age, the ages and, and whether it's Bauhaus or, or whatever it is. Um, it's just understanding the way that design affects you emotionally is really interesting and and pleasing at the same time. So I think that was just a foregone that we would try and create something that looked gorgeous. And that helped uh, having that natural critique. We're on the same page. We didn't have to convince each other that design was important. Uh, it always has been and, and, and always will be. And it's sort of like a that's a personal satisfaction thing. Yeah. where you create something and you look back and you go, I love that. I love the way – I'm proud of that. I love the way that looks. Yeah. And so those things dovetail quite nicely. I guess I was always pretty proficient at things like spreadsheeting and cash flows and financial things, mm-hmm. not because I found them all that interesting. It's just no one else would do it and <laughs> um, and someone had to. So I kind of got – and I was okay. I was, I was relatively adept at Excel and stuff like that, right? Handy. So. Yeah, and um, and and kind of can learn computer programs. One minute I in the early days I was doing the Excel, you know, cash flows out to like three or four years, and sort of working out all these models. And then the next minute I'm doing some sort of Illustrator, InDesign, artwork preparation for wow. print. And so I would do the technical part. Kesson was very aesthetically driven and would make sure that the actual aesthetics of what was being designed were on track. So we're very different as people and we had necessary complementary skills that when you start a business, you have to be a generalist and you have to be willing to do stuff that you're not great at, but you have to do it uh, because no one else will. And so we kind of did that in different spaces Um, and it happened that the core bit that we were good at was really important. And the bit that we weren't good at, it was okay not to be brilliant at it. You can get away with it. Yeah. No one sort of noticed it. Um, yeah, so it, was, it just sort of worked out like that. Again, accidentally, yeah. because consultancy is so different than, than owning a brand. It's very different. Yeah, my goodness. That's so interesting, just, yeah, picking it all up and kind of like just having to do what needs to be done, even though like it might not be the most exciting thing in the world, but at least like you kind of balance each other out, which is quite nice. Yeah, and I think I think small businesses, are, you know, there's this great statement in, in a movie I love called Out of Africa, which has this statement where one of the lead characters makes this comment that she understands why God made the world round so that you can't see too far ahead. And I, I kind of think that's very similar to small businesses. Yeah. You know, I think if you, if you knew what was ahead of you sometimes, 
it would be overwhelming and you just wouldn't begin the journey. Yeah, um, right. But the fact is you get past the point of no return and at that point you kind of are so invested that you think we'll get through this and then and then it'll be great. And you basically go through like years of, of that. <laughs> <laughs> if I can just get through this, it'll be, you know, then we will be okay. And it kind of keeps you going, thankfully. Yes. Um, you know, and keeps you moving in the right direction and you don't quite know what's ahead. So you, you don't feel too, you know, demotivated. You feel yeah. like this is the bit that's going to get us over the edge and, and get us into sort of something that we, that we could loosely resemble a business. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> rather, than as my, rather than as my wife called it for so many years, my hobby. Um, <laughs> that's so good. I love that. Are you off to, off to your hobby again, honey darling? Um, I said, yes, I am. That's fantastic. (laughs) So so the skincare market, what was missing at the time that you wanted to fill? I think it was really simple for us. It came out of wellness. And we, I think during this project we did, because it started with this wellness view, not with the skincare view, right? Yeah. And it was exploratory understanding of what the heck this wellness thing was. And so we looked at a, a huge number of, professional pursuits around wellness and what what creates this moment, this thing called wellness in the body. And so we started with things like gastro um, processors and gastroenterologists who were talking a lot about this mechanism of the gut and how the gut affects the skin and affects the body and is the engine room of the body. Mm-hmm. And then that sort of led us into food and food being a fundamental driver of nutrient release in the body. And, and once you've got your digestive system intact, food is fuel and can be absorbed and utilized, all those sorts of things. And then we, we spoke to a guy who, who made this sort of throwaway comment. He worked with people um, who had terminal, most of them terminal cancers and autoimmune diseases, but mainly cancer. And he said, I won't work, I won't begin a healing process with somebody until they have worked through forgiveness. Wow. And we we're like, this is kind of a weird thing to say, right? <laughs> yeah. And we said, well, what do they do? What do you mean forgiveness? He said, well, most of the time it's forgiveness of the misdiagnosis that they have had over many years. Wow. And a lot of the t- at the time, there were people who had had cancers and lumps and things or pains in their side or various ailments that they'd general practitioner had said, oh, look, it, everything seems to be fine. Your blood's fine. I don't see, you know, it could be your imagination kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And they later found out that actually those things were real and those growths and those lumps that were appearing were more than their imagination and had been cancer, sort of unexplored cancer there all the time. Wow. And, and I think in those days, two, 20 years ago, things were not nearly as advanced as they are today um, yeah. in terms of being able to identify um, problems in the body. So so he said, look, a lot of those people haven't let go of if their doctor or their specialist or whoever had, had caught hold of what was going on in their bodies earlier, they would have actually had a much better chance at, at fixing the problem, right? Oh. And so there was a significant process that they felt they had to go through or they wanted to go through to either he, he took people through to to sort of let help people let go of that and he said once they let go of it it's amazing the changing chemical reactions in the body wow and and, and what stress and resentment and it's actually he fully believes and still believes it, it's a it's a that's a disease in itself it's just a disease of the mind that releases very bad responses into the body. So, you know, it was very, I must admit, at the time I wasn't a believer and I thought the guy was cuckoo and um, <laughs> and because and, there wasn't a lot of science around it and there really wasn't a lot of popular belief medically around stress and the effects it has on the body mm-hmm. um, and particularly around the physical chemical change. So that started us in a different direction around things like sleep, and then that kind of pushed us forward to environmental, which became another focus for us around the atmosphere we surround ourselves in, things like dyes and clothes, paint on walls, vapors off synthetic materials, 
paraffin and candles and all the sort of things that are more widely acknowledged today as dangerous for us. Yeah. And, you know, I guess even just a few years ago, this concept of a healthy home emerged. Yes. Um, and, you know, there's some studies that, was, that came out even just a year ago around the U.S. and about 70% of households in America, the air is better directly outside the home than the air inside the home. Wow. And so things like what are we doing to ourselves with these environments that we live in and, and, and exist in? And so, yeah, I, I guess that, you know, these were significant wake-up calls for us. Of course, topically was a big thing, absolutely. And we looked at ingredients and how the body absorbs ingredients when you put it on the body uh, and how natural is treated differently in the body than synthetic and how the utilization of something that's molecularly natural, in other words, the structure of an ingredient is its molecular structure, how if that structure is natural versus a synthetic version of it, how much greater the receptivity in the body and how it creates a lot less that doesn't create the negative side effects that are often a synthetic counterpart does. So things like that that really changed our view on everything. And that it's it's one of those things I don't know if you've ever heard the statement, when you when you learn something, it's impossible to unlearn it. Yes. And I think that was the hardest thing for us of getting a no is we felt that we had really developed our thinking around formulation and progressed our understanding significantly around formulation. Essentially, we were being told it's either a fad or it's not really a thing yet, right? Mm. So we're not interested and no one wanted to buy it. And so it was kind of hard to take. And we had we had really bought into it. Like we were literally, we'd go to a dinner party and we would take our own activated almonds and, and our own sort of ingredients that we would sort of request get cooked. Oh, my goodness. Us. Wow. <laughs> we, we lost, we did lose the plot. Um, <laughs> we, we would eat certain kinds of fish and all sorts of stuff. Just because you, you were around these people that were enormously passionate all the time about what you put into your body and you start to realize that, Literally, your energy levels, the way your body feels, the responses in the body, the way you look is so connected to what you do to your body, whether it's through eating something or the environment you live in or, or and, and the way it ages. I think we, we have for the first time, connected age to health, right, which is so crazy that we hadn't before. But yeah. And people said to us, oh, you guys are into anti-aging, and we would actually say, no, we're not. We're into health restoration. Oh. We were like really kind of adamant, you know, like wow. don't call us anti-aging, <laughs> we're health restoration. Because your body shouldn't, you're basically you've accelerated the health decline of your body right. by doing silly things to it. And your body is immensely capable. And if you just create this environment, so, you know, we had this, we had this guy who was in front of us and he said, um, he was a, he was a just general practitioner actually. And he said, if you break your arm, how do you heal it? And I said, well, you go to the doctor and the doctor heals it. He you know, puts it in a cast and he yeah. heals it for you. And, you know. and he said, no, no, that's not what happens. And we were like, well, what are you talking about? And he goes, well, what happens is when you break your arm, you go to the doctor and the doctor creates the environment, which is a cast, for your body to heal itself. Right. And we were like, wow, I've never <laughs> thought of it like that. Right? Wow. And he said, actually, that principle applies to everything in the body. So if you can create the environment and the resources, your body will do the healing. And likewise, if you disrupt that by adding in toxicity and decreasing or stealing function from the body, you will do exactly the opposite and you will create the inability for your body to function properly, heal properly, renew properly. And as what it will do is it will age faster or de-health. Wow. So we were like, you can't be around that thinking and see evidence of it and not have it profoundly affect the way you see the world, right? Yeah. And so it just changed everything for us. And we became extremely interested in what we called ingredients that still function, which are basically toxic ingredients. So parabens and pigs and sulfates and DEAs, TEAs, all these things that we were putting into formulation in the late 90s, early 2000s, we were like, these things steal function from the body. So if you just forget the health benefits 
and just look at the beauty benefits, if we can just get rid of those things, we could create potentially a product that doesn't cause deterioration in the body. And all we've got to do then is figure out how to resource the body to regenerate better and faster, which is where active ingredients became kind of natural actors became important in the mix. Yeah, oh my God. I feel like I've just got the best science lesson of my life. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Look, it's the most basic science on earth. It's like the first time someone said, oh, um, we do natural food to me. And I said, what, is the rest of it frankenfood? <laughs> and they said, yeah. And I looked at them like, are you just tricking me? Or, are you, you know, have you, have you sort of, have I entered this twilight zone where <laughs> food is not natural, right? Yeah. And it blew my mind. I mean, it was like, does everybody know? I want everybody know about this. Wow. That was what it's like. You Jeez. just sit there and you go, everybody should know that we are getting fed chemical cocktails in our overly prepared industrialized food. Yeah, great. And it's terrible for the body and terrible for the function of the body. And it was never meant to be that way. And then we're doing things like shampooing and cleansing ourselves and moisturizing ourselves. And then we're solarium, you know, at that point, solarium was a thing, right? And we're sunbedding and we're all the stuff that you just start to add up. You know, and we're putting clothes on that's been dyed by toxic dyes. And that's, remember that time where we would buy these really dark, raw denim jeans and they would leave your legs blue, right? Yeah. Um, and we just sort of went, oh, yeah, just wash it off, right? Yeah. And after a few washes, after a few showers, you would get rid of it, right? And mm-hmm. if you think about what that was, that was just straight dye oh. entering your body. So things like that, you just you all of a sudden wake up to. You look at everybody around you and you go, oh my gosh, we're all just living this weird, naive existence that no one's really acknowledging what, what's going on, yeah. which is profoundly damaging. And it's almost like we've got this incredible faith in government that they would regulate that. They would regulate the pesticides on vegetables. Surely they do that. Yeah. I mean, they wouldn't allow, they wouldn't allow that to be toxic. Yeah. And then we find out, oh, my gosh, there's so many pesticides that are causing all sorts of problems. And still, and ironically, in America, most people have heard of Erin Brockovich and the work she did against chemical release into the water table of, of the town that she, she lived in. Yeah. And the incredibly negative effects it had on, on the population in terms of cancer and young children dying and all that sort of yeah. thing. And more recently, there's a movie that's come out around DuPont and their, you know, their Teflon and how they knew that that was dangerous for years and years and years and years and continued to hide it for commercial reasons. Wow. And you sort of see all of that and you think that is impossible. That could never happen. Why would a lot, you know, how could a company behave so irresponsibly? How could a government turn their attention away from such activities for commercial gain? Um, That they're there to look after us. But the reality is in America, there's still, I think it's now in excess of 35 states that have worse water than the water that Aaron Brockovich campaigned against. What? And it's it's today. It's not like it's 20 years ago. It's today. Jeez. And there are still pesticides being used by companies like Monsanto Monsanto and other companies that should not be used and is clear evidence around the incredibly negative side effects that it creates and links to ASD and um, all sorts of diseases and illnesses that are being used today and are being widely used. So there's groups that we work with in America called EWG, which is the Environmental Working Group, which are an independent not-for-profit that basically call it out. They work with Aaron Brockovich and they call it out and they have their own lobbyists that lobby against legislation and uh, that is being passed to hide these kinds of practices that are still very much in play today. Wow. And so from a beauty perspective, there's a profound change in, in the way your skin works and looks as a result of all of this toxicity. But I think from a health perspective, um, there's a significant side effect to these ingredients. Forget just the way you look. From a, from a, a longevity and a quality of life, there's a significant side effect. So I think the, the sort of wellness space 
when we started, we had no idea the can of worms we were opening. Wow. And no idea really what we were getting into when we first went on an exploratory journey. And we were shocked. You know, there were people down the road in health food stores selling cold-pressed orange juice, which wasn't a thing back then. They'd converted a wheatgrass juicer to an orange juicer. And basically it was like $9 US a glass. And mm. in those days, you could buy a gallon of orange juice for like three bucks. Yeah. And the guy said, oh, the reason it's important is there's this thing called enzyme intact. All the juice is enzyme intact. To which we went, you're a nut job. What the hell is enzyme intact? <laughs> no one gets it. Whatever. Can I just have a normal one? I don't do normal ones. They're just sugar. And we're like, you're a nut job. You know? <laughs> and now I look back at this nut job who was looking. I mean, honestly, he was a hippie kind of guy. Yeah. I don't know where he got his science from. And now we have a thing called enzyme intact juice right? and cold pressed juice. And I'm looking back going, how the hell did he know about that in the <laughs> late 90s? Right? Wow. And so you just, there were these kooky guys out there and, and girls, like you, you, they were just another planet. And we, I had very little respect for them scientifically yep. at the time. And now I look back and gosh, I feel terrible because they, they were so on the money. Wow. And and it's only after years and years of really digging around in the space and understanding really from a very vain perspective how to create gorgeous skin that lasts and, and holds its function and capability longer and, and how to slow the natural aging process of the body or the sort of slow loss of function that we all live with as we age. We now have a much greater appreciation for how holistic it is and, and how important natural is as part of it all. Yeah, absolutely. And so this brings me into developing, you developed a trademark skincare system. So cleanse, detox and activate. So can you talk me through how all of this works? Well, I mean, I guess we just, we, we fundamentally to, to skin health is this thing called removing toxins, Yeah. right? So toxins can be, can end up in the body through many different mechanisms. But we identified three core toxins that are kind of most damaging and they come from oxygen, which we all understand antioxidants and oxygen toxins, which are really about from the body's exchange with the air. It's a natural process. We produce a bunch of antioxidants naturally that help fight those oxidant toxins. Mm -hmm. And and people refer to them as free radical scavengers, which are basically antioxidant scavengers uh, or uh, sorry, oxidant scavengers or antioxidants. So you can get that through food and botanical ingredients and also we produce a bunch of cells. There are others, things like carbon oxidants, which are basically toxins through carbon and through mechanisms in the body that would metabolize additives in the body that end up in the skin and in the body uh, that can come from preservatives and food and things like that. And nitrogen oxidants as well, that can relate to all sorts of things like stress and chemical reactions that we create. So there's a whole bunch of things that need detoxification that we we sort of went, okay, one of the most primarily important core things that we need to provide people is a way to to easily manage toxicity. So yes, part of that is removing toxins from a product, but part of it's actually dealing with toxicity that we cannot avoid in food and atmosphere and stress and, and in life. Yeah. So we created a serum and a, and a, a small process that was we, we, we called detox way back in I don't know, 2005. And essentially it was just about that moment. But then we realized that in order to, it's a, in order to really allow that serum and that process to be productive, you have to cleanse properly. Yeah. So cleansing became a bit of a passion about helping people really understand the importance of cleanse because it gives you access to the skin. So cleanse is not just removing a bit of dirt. It's about cell turnover. It's about spending time and energy on actually really helping the skin in the renewal process and the turnover of cells. So all that means simply is you double cleanse and you cleanse for a decent amount of time and a facial will cleanse for 45 minutes of the facial. And while we're doing it, we're, it's a very physical process, so we're stimulating the circulatory responses in the skin, mm-hmm. and that helps with waste metabolization and things like that. So cleanse became super important, and then 
once we'd cleansed properly, detox worked much better because you had access to the skin. Yeah. And then we, we, we said, okay, now essentially what you're doing is creating health in the skin. Well, health is a thing that really is just function, right? So if yeah. you look at it from a science perspective, not from a, are you healthy? The more health you have in your body, the more function and capability your body has. So the question became, there are some mechanisms in the body that naturally go on. As you age, you lose muscle mass, for instance. Yeah. Well, in the skin, as you age, you lose collagen mass, mm-hmm. which is a very important building block of the skin. You lose elastine. Every, every year after about the age of 27, you lose about a percent of, of elastine and collagen. And also there are mechanisms in the body like a well-hydrated skin cell protects better, it communicates better, um, so things like that, that you want to make sure that you're protecting and fortifying. So that little process, we said the skin needs, you've got, let's just say you've got detoxed, highly functioning skin. Now we want to take that function, that capability, and stimulate it to actually produce more collagen, Right. right? Yeah. Like it's almost like eating protein powder but not going to the gym. That's pointless, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. Or, or having a really healthy body but not actually going to the gym. Yeah. So you won't you won't put on muscle mass with a healthy body that doesn't go to the gym. Yeah. So you've got this healthy skin cell. We now want to stimulate the skin cell to produce collagen, to produce elastine, to fortify and build the capability and the building blocks of the skin that ultimately make you look younger, okay. um, yeah. essentially. Great. So that's kind of where Activate came from, activating the skin cells to achieve a result. I like so that. So that's why Cleanse Detox Activate. Yes, I love it. And so you don't only have skincare, but you also have hair care, body care, and Nutri-Cosmetics, which is very yes. interesting. So can you tell me what we can find in, in those products and why you created this range? Well, we don't have this ability to put whatever we want on our body and for it not to end up on our face. Yeah. Um, we spend a lot of focus on the face because that, that essentially is the thing that everybody sees, right? Yeah. It's the socially visible part of our body that's always visible. But the reality is what you put on your body in terms of moisturize and cleanse and what you cleanse your hair with and all those potential toxins end up in your skin and ultimately affect the function of your skin and your face as well. So we decided that Right from the get-go, we had to be holistic. We couldn't be just a skincare brand. Even though our passion was about skincare and about activating and sort of active ingredients, active products, it had to be a holistic, uh, a holistic process. Yeah. So we created body and, uh, and, and hair care products that gave a full offering right from the very first range of products that we introduced. Great. I love it. Privately and sort of separately, we were using supplements and had created supplements, and we would use them in our own sort of treatment process where people, a lot of people came to us and they would have, it still happens today, where you, they have a child or a, a partner or even themselves that has incredibly agitated, it's either severe psoriasis or could just be discoloration of the skin or, or eczema or something. Right? Yeah. And in severe cases where you've got cracked and bleeding skin, you, you know, a, a topical cream isn't really the solution. It can help calm and removing toxicity in the body at any level is good, mm-hmm. but it's not going to cure that problem. There's, there's often a deeper sort of a deeper seated problem that must be addressed. And so very early on, we started to turn to things like processes of the gut and probiotics. Yeah. And then nutrient deficiency and various mechanisms that would you'd see a significant change when you pulled on these levers as to the health and function of the skin without even t- changing the topical treatment. Wow. So we were passionate about this thing called um, what we called Nutri-Cosmetics, which we sort of stuck with that name. It's a bit confusing because now I think that everyone calls them nutraceuticals or, oh, yeah. or supplements. Yeah. But essentially um, – and we went to our various partners at the time, which were department stores, and said that we think it's important to retail these. And they just, at that time, it was too early. They just didn't agree with it, didn't get it, mm-hmm. um, didn't sort of see how that fit. And then more recently, some big names like Al McPherson and places, people like that have made it more popular and kind of said, wait a minute, this is what I do. And I think there's been a massive growth in the acceptance of supplements as well. 
and now sort of targeted supplements specifically related to the skin. Yeah. And so that's given us much more of a scope to to take it from just purely a treatment part and remedy to a retail remedy, which is kind of what we've done. It's just basically take it from, from the back of house to the, the retail shelf. Yeah. That's interesting. I like that. Yeah, you're focusing on and, and back again to the wellness and weaving that into the skincare. I think that's super important. And obviously gut health is something that I've been like researching for quite a while. Like I can't um, have dairy, like I'm lactose intolerant and, you know, probiotics yeah. are really important to me and just making sure I have that balance. So I really like learning more about all of that stuff. So that's really interesting and good to know that you have that option for people. Yeah. And I mean, like when I first started that journey, I I was lactose intolerant as well, and literally just the smell of milk would send me in a whirl. Oh, yeah. Um, And I started taking a range of probiotics, some quite painful, Mm -hmm. that we we, we got involved, when I say painful, um, annoying to make up because they were made up like a yogurt or a food. And we got involved very early on in probiotic development and found that some of the most powerful, talking trillions of CFU, not billions, were ones that had a short life, a shelf life, and that you would make up as almost as a food and, and its own yogurt kind of incubator. Wow. But they had profound impacts on function. And I remember the first time I tried milk after getting on a couple of powerful probiotics that we were working on mm-hmm. and just amazed at how quickly the body turns around wow. um, and how quickly – the, the fun, you know, the body is, it's remarkably resilient when you think about it. You know, you can abuse it for, for years and years and years and years and years and actually a few months of healthy living and it bounces back, yeah. um, which is quite remarkable. It's very resilient, far more resilient than we give it credit for. And people sort of talk about cancer as like something that we just caught, right? Yeah. But actually, I fundamentally believe it's the build up a lot of the time, not always. But it, it quite often can be the buildup of toxicity for years and years and years. Um, yeah. And all of a sudden, you know, and, and doctors' popular opinion is cancer can be a subject of up to 17 years of, of accumulation of toxicity. Wow. Um, and then all of a sudden it evidences itself in this sort of um, disease, right? Wow. But actually it's been coming for a long time with sometimes unwittingly bad practices that we don't know. We're yeah. taking in things and absorbing things that we don't realize are not yeah. good for us. that's terrifying. <laughs> God. It is a bit scary. Yeah. <laughs> and so what are some of the star ingredients that Grown Alchemist uses, would you say? We use so many. We mm-hmm. use so many ingredients. You can become ingredient enamored. Um, I remember the first time we had a formulator who was very traditional. She was uh, old school. And formulated for Chanel for a while and wow. blah, blah, blah. And she was one of our advisory people. And she, she was funny. And she was all about beauty because she'd grown up in the beauty industry. Yeah. And we would come to, you know, and say, oh, well, this is amazing, you know, frankincense. Look at the properties and look what it does for the body and blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And she'd be like, yes, but what does it do for my beauty? You know, she, <laughs> I don't care about health, you know. And she was just sort of very, um, she's very grounding. Yeah. <laughs> um, to, to sort of slap you back to earth. Um, but I think um, what we learned from that is that every product is a promise. And you start that promise with what is this product going to promise? What is it going to, what is it going to deliver? Yeah. And then essentially you work back from that moment. For many years in our consultancy, it was always the other way around. You would start at an ingredient level and you would say, we've got this new wham-bang kind of um, incredible patent that is all sort of mysterious and we now want to romance that and tell you all about how incredible the patent of this technology is and how it does this, this, and this. We've got some tests that we can sort of evidence, right? Yeah. And so you'd build a whole product, story, brand, sometimes brand or, or line extension around that and that would become the new cool, right? Yeah. But the reality is, firstly, you realize that there's a lot of, there's often a lot of storytelling and not a lot of reality in some of those moments. Yeah. And then secondly, that actually it's not as 
it's not as mysterious as everybody in the beauty industry would have you believe. <laughs> it's actually quite common sense. Yep. And that is, if you create function and health in the body, you do release this thing called youth, right? Mm-hmm. Well, which is really biologically young versus chronologically old. Um, you know, you might be chronologically 50, but you're biologically 40. Well, that's yeah. a great position to be in. And that's really just a, a factor of function and health. Yeah. So as you're formulating, the first question is that we try and always ask is what is this, what is the purpose of this product and how does it support the holistic process of, of function or how does it activate function? Yeah. And so that determines the ingredient. So in many cases, it can be simple. It could be, uh, a rose hip, right? And then it becomes, well, what does this rose hip, what, why is rose hip good? Well, rose hip does have a very strong natural propensity to reduce scarring and, and it's got a strong healing property to it. But then you start to go, okay, rose hip's great, but where do you get rose hip from? Because you can get rose hip from many, many different sources. Yeah. And you can get pure rose hip and you can get sort of rose hip as an industrialized botanical. And then you start to realize, oh my gosh, there's this rose hip that if you really want to get it, it grows in the Andes in Argentina and it grows very high and it grows very slow, these roses. And so the, the potency is extremely high, but the yield's extremely low. Yeah. And so it's very expensive, yeah. but its potency is off the charts. Mm-hmm. So then you say, well, what are we trying to do here? We're trying to create a product that is, that is potently capable at helping scar tissue and repairing the skin and, he- and, and resourcing the skin for healing. So then that's the rose hip you need, right? So you become enamored with that ingredient, but you realize the importance of it because of the outcome. Now, if, you, if you're creating a night cream and you're putting rose hip in it, I don't know, it's not, it doesn't, it's not as important yeah. for that product. It's not as core for that product. So it becomes a, a horses for courses. So we've sort of tried to train ourselves to to love and respect and, and you get your favorite ingredients, but not to be ingredient enamored to the point where you create the rose hip range, yeah. right? Uh, or the lavender collection. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> because, <laughs> because at the end of it, lavender is great, but it's not great for everything. Yeah. That's rose hip's great, not great for everything. Parsley seed's great, but it's not great for everything. Yeah. Chamomile is great, but it's not great for everything. So it becomes how you put these things together. Mm. And that's kind of what we refer to as the alchemy. What, what are you trying to achieve? How do these ingredients relate? And how do you put them together in such a way that it, it delivers the potent outcome? And, you know, alchemy really is taking something that's quite normal and using the mystery of science to create it to, to, to manifest it in something that's quite extraordinary. Yeah. And that's kind of the mythology of alchemy. And, and for us, that is essentially what formulation's about. You create something, you take something like the daisy. Well, daisy, we now understand that in a simple daisy, there are ingredients that can assist in, in, in cancer healing, wow. right? In a daisy, which seems like a basic sort of everyday object or flower but incredibly potent when we understand it. So it's, it's how we combine that and put that together in ways that can, can create this moment of function and health and wellness. I love that. That's really interesting. And, and on the back of that, if you had to recommend a product or products to start with to someone who's never used Grown Alchemist before, what would you choose to recommend? Mm. That's a tough one. <laughs> um, I think if you have your existing range, right? Yeah. And people have, um, particularly with skincare, um, people, uh, and, I, and I, I say this because I was also one, very loyal to, when you grow up in the world of, of skincare, you become loyal to products. Mm-hmm. And you realize, and you, and you have such favorite products that actually moving away from them is very difficult. Yeah. And so probably what I would do is I would say, don't, change up your routine let me prove to you the power of, of natural using your routine and let me give you a product that you may not already have like an instant smoothing serum yeah so our instant smoothing serum which i nicknamed the cinderella serum is <laughs> is an interesting product so it's, it's a light oil serum mm-hmm. that 
uses a thing called fractionalated hyaluron. Wow. So if you if you if you're sort of a skincare person, you'll have heard this word hyaluron. Yeah. All it is is the body produces a certain amount of hyaluron. We can add it topically, but all it is is it's a it's a a, a substrate in the skin that allows the skin and the skin cell to hold on to moisture and hydration. Yeah. And without it evaporating or, or leaving the skin easily. Yeah. So it's almost like a the Venus flytrap of Hydration, maybe. Let's <laughs> look at it. But it sort of holds onto it and 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 keeps the skin cell well hydrated, which improves protection and function and, and cell communication, all those sorts of things. So this product, up for recently, Hyaluron's been either what they call big or little. So some call it heavy block or light block. Uh, some call it large weight or lightweight Hyaluron, and so essentially it refers to the molecular size of the Hyaluron, and if it's big, it sort of sits on the skin, and if it's little, it goes into the skin cell, right? right? So the trouble is, is that choosing between one or the other, it just doesn't really work, because the skin is actually a, a much greater variation of hyaluron particle sizes than heavy or light, right? Big yeah. or small. And so fractionalated hyaluron works to create a hyaluron particle ra- um, array which is much, much, much closer to the natural array of the skin's hyaluronic structure. So when we use it and absorb it, we get hydration in the skin cell, but we also get surface hydration on the skin, and you get a much more complete hydration level. So two things happen. One, you notice your skin's hydration levels immediately rise within five minutes. Wow. Two, because you've got surface hydration, you get an immediate visible change in the skin um, because the skin's absorbing that structure and utilizing it to plump and soften wrinkles and smooth the skin. Yeah. So it, it and that happens within gosh, five or six minutes. You can literally wow. take a photograph of yourself and so it's very so that's why I call it Cinderella serum because the yeah. surface hydration wears off after about you start to lose hydration and start to sort of diminish significantly after about eight hours. Right. But the function inside the skin and the hydration inside the skin is serving the skin the whole time to improve the skin cell function and capability. And it also aids in things like moisturizers when you put moisturizer on over the serum. So you use it after you cleanse. Yep. For us, you'd use it after a detox serum. You would then use the instant smoothing serum and then you moisturize uh, and use other serums on the skin as well if you want. So it's sort of capturing that moisturizing process. It's also utilizing the active ingredients that you might put in on an age repair serum on your face right. um, and helping those go to work. So it, it, it sort of is a, a great leverager as a product and also a great example about how if a well-formulated natural product is used on the skin, its impact is profound and visible. Yeah. And it, I think it establishes the belief that natural products can work at least as well as, as if not better than uh, synthetic products or, or man-made products. Yeah, totally. Wow. I love that. And I love that you nickname it Cinderella Serum. I love it. <laughs> well, the trouble is it does it does wear off after about eight hours and as, as visual effects. So you've got to get home quickly. <laughs> Perfect. (laughs) And so what's coming up next for Grown Alchemist? Is there anything exciting you're working on? I think it's our most exciting time coming up. Um, Wow. We've got a a retail store we're launching, um, which is, you know, COVID permitting. It's it's just actually ready to go, but we're just waiting for things like lockdown um, to, to finish. It's, it's our first a real ability. It's our first store and it's our first real ability to express the brand fully. Great. And um, so in that space, the entire uh, retail structure is built around a thing that we call a clean room, mm-hmm. which is an ultra-purified air environment. Wow. Um, so essentially, the longer you spend shopping in that space, the, the healthier your skin gets because the healthier the exchange is between your skin and the atmosphere. Wow. Um, so if you talk about oxidant uh, or oxidization in the skin because this is a very clean environment the almost bio lab clean and and we do that using positive air pressure and um and special filtration systems 
basically, because of that, your skin's exchange with the environment is really pure, and uh, and actually, it's very healthy for you. But we also have treatment rooms where we we do drip therapy, nutrient delivery for the skin via via a drip. Wow. Um, we do light light therapy, healing lamp. I love light um, therapy. It's so good for you. Mm-hmm. So good for you. Mm-hmm. And we do things like, of course, facials. We do oxygen therapy, hydrogen therapy, um, nutritional advice, um, supplements, obviously, in that space. So a whole, really, it's a, um, in a holistic environment around something that we just term as beauty. And so that's kind of why when we talk about ourselves, we obviously sell skincare and we're a skincare company, but we like to think of ourselves more as a beauty company because we don't want to get stuck selling you skincare if skincare is not the most efficient way to actually change the way your skin functions and the health profile of your skin. Yes. In fact, if, if we can evolve to the point where we could release a, you know, a healthy atomized nutrient gas onto our skin yeah. uh, and that would do more than skincare, then we would probably stop selling skincare yeah. uh, and use that. Yep. It's just that at the moment, skincare is a very efficient way to absorb nutrients uh, and to affect the change in the skin as one of the mechanisms of the body. So it's still very much play um, and very, very important to us, but not something we want to get necessarily myopically stuck in. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) My God, but the store sounds amazing. God, you'd want to be in there It's going to be fabulous. Well, well, that's the idea. Come, Come in and we can give you treatments. We also do things like, so the, the, the whole purpose of the store, it's kind of, you know, we went right back to why we began this process. And, and it, was, it was essentially we really felt that our industry was just getting it wrong, right? Yeah. And there's a better way to do it. So we wanted to create this environment where if you've just been on a, a long flight or it's winter and you're dehydrated or you might have been out the night before drinking too much alcohol or whatever, and you needed a boost. We wanted to create an environment where you could come in and reset and reset really quickly and notice a significant change in the way you look through either light treatment or depending on what it is, yeah. you know, a drip therapy or a, a facial or whatever it was. And we also wanted to be able to give you the capability to take a prescription, if you like, home with you to continue that process and essentially have a almost like a membership kind of it was it's not a membership but kind of this idea that you know we go to the gym regularly to stay fit it's yeah. a regular practice and there are different things that you can do so what we do is um, get a treatment fifty percent of the treatment is redeemable on that right. so the treatment your facial won't cost you any more than going to a normal facialist your drip therapy will cost you no more than if you went to a another drip therapist. Not that there is any in Australia, but more many in Australia, but but it would cost you the same. Yeah. Um, you know, light therapy will cost you the same. Mm-hmm. But for us, it's about making sure that through coming in contact with Grown Alchemist, that you, your skin has a radical and significant and long term change. Yeah. So we want you to be able to take something home that can continue that journey. Yeah. So the goal is really as needed. Maybe it's once a month, maybe it's once every two months, maybe it's once every two weeks, whatever it is, that you come in to reset, to to keep your skin on track. We can do things that you won't be able to do at home, like these kind of treatments. And then we can give you the resources, which is also affordable, to take the product that you need to take home to continue that journey. So that's the kind of idea that wow. it's, we're looking. We're not. We're not selling you something. We're looking after your skin. That's the goal. I love that. Um, so that's why we sort of. That's why the store is enormously important to us, and and the beginning. I think of a really exciting new phase for us as a, as a company. Totally, that's great. Can't wait to hear all about it. Is it going to be down in Melbourne? Whereabouts? It's in Carlton. There's a complex right. um, that's called King and Godfrey in mm-hmm. in Carlton off Ligon Street. It's a really nice new. It's actually been owned by one family for, I think, since 1955. Wow. Um, it's on the corner of Ligon and Faraday Street. And um, it's a super cool pub and there's this, there's this really nice um, bar upstairs called Johnny's Bar. And beautiful development, really lovely development. 
And so we have a space which is a, uh, actually was a derelict old villa um, with a sort of a warehouse space out the back that yeah. we've worked with the family that owned the property uh, on redeveloping. Wow. And um, we did that. It's been quite a project. Uh, yeah. It was over a year of because um, it was completely derelict, ready to get bowled over. And basically we called it before it did and restored it, taken over a year to get it restored and and then build our space inside it. So it's, it's in Carlton, which we love that area. And it's kind of a sanctuary. It's, uh, you can get access to it via Ligon Street off King of Godfrey Lane or Faraday Street directly off Faraday. But it's set off Ligon enough to be a little sanctuary that's kind of a, a moment to regenerate. And connected to such a great development, which is, which is a real hive of activity. Um, so we feel very fortunate to be there and excited about the kind of next opportunity to, to, to really realize, I think, a vision that's been kind of percolating for 20 plus, you know, 20 years now. Yeah. Time's gone quickly. (laughs) My goodness. Perfect. (laughs) Wow. I love it. Thank you so much for answering all of those. I want to jump in to some random questions for you, if I can. Yes, sure. (laughs) Okay. So uh, number one, you have to skip a step in your skincare routine. Which step is it and why? (laughs) Man. (laughs) Um, I think it would be activate. Okay. So it would be the last. So it would be using that. I think as 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 an industry, the entire industry is focused on this whiz-bang miracle in a jar, right? Yes. Um, this incredible ingredient that's going to change everything. Actually, nothing works if you don't have function. Right. Interesting. So if you think about the digestive system and you, you think about, you know, let's only eat organic, eat the very, very, very best food uh, that you can eat, but don't fix your digestive system. It's like pouring rocket fuel into a car running on one cylinder. <laughs> just it, you just don't get it. You don't get all the nutrients. You don't get all the benefits. Yeah. And I think the function of the skin, and the way the cell and the capability of the skin comes down to cleanse and detox, and and uh, and and part of that detox is you know hydration and some smoothing. And then once you have that, you activate. So if I had to skip anything, it would probably be the last phase. I'd create the function and you can live a long time on function and capability yes, uh, without like causing problems in your skin. That's a good answer. I like that one. And number two, what's one thing you've tried but will never do again? In skincare or just generally? Generally. Oh, my gosh. So many things I've, <laughs> I will never do again that I've tried <laughs> that I should not have tried. Um, <laughs> um, okay, gosh. I'm thinking food, everything, like uh, Brussels sprouts is definitely one. Oh, um, <laughs> they're gross and I, I've tried them and I've been forced them for many years and I will never do them again. Um, <laughs> not while I have choice. Maybe one day they'll they'll sort of squeeze them down some sort of feeding tube that oh, I'll have no choice on. But <laughs> just, to, just to irk me, yeah, maybe Brussels sprouts. <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> that seems to be just a common thing that people just can't stand. Like, gross. I don't know why we've ever fed them to each other. Um, know. You know, I think it's some form of ancient torture. Yeah, what were we thinking? Um. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, number three uh, and final question, what's something on your bucket list? Oh, my gosh. Um, look, I one of the things I'd love to do, and it's, it's sort of a romantic vision. Um, probably in reality, it's not nearly as fabulous, but I would love to to live for a while on the shores of Lake Coma. Love to do it. Oh, my God, yes. And uh, and we, my wife and I visited, had, had the opportunity to visit a while back, um, a year or so ago, and just fell in love with it. It just was like a ma- magic. It's magical in winter. It's magical in summer. Oh. And it's close enough to Milan to, and places like Venice that you can get there by train within a very short period of time. Wow. So it's just, I think it's a magical part of the world. And it's so, I love, we, we love Australia. We absolutely love it. We love it. The people, the, the rawness of it, the candor, the frankness of it all. It's just fabulous. It's really, really lovely. It's real. Yeah. But it's so nice sometimes um, have such a juxtaposition. 
Yes. And so we've often fantasized about six months of the year in Australia and six months of the year in somewhere like Lake Como. Yes. That is completely different, right? That you just, you live these two completely different worlds and love them both. Yes. Oh, my gosh. That would be amazing. Oh, that would be perfection. That's a great answer. <laughs> Put me in your suitcase. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jeremy, you have been so educational and equally as hilarious. Thank you so much for your time. You are so welcome. I, I, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me and um, hopefully I haven't bored everyone to tears with sort of overly irrelevant no. information, but uh, but, but I, I really do appreciate you taking the time and uh, to chat and I've enjoyed it immensely. You have been listening to a Fashion Avenue production hosted by me, Amber Lowther, and produced by me as well. Don't forget to follow the podcast on Instagram at Fashion Avenue Podcast. And if you want to follow myself too, at Amber Lowther. Feel free to join the private podcast Facebook group and subscribe to our email newsletter for the latest updates and giveaways. But most importantly, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and leave a review.